your vote. Jaws! <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome to the second episode of Less Than Average, the podcast where we just talk about movies and actors and all things media and stuff. I'm Riley. I'm David. And yeah, this is episode two. We're going to talk about Jaws today. Uh, but first, we're just going to kind of catch up and talk about what we've been watching and some notes and some news and things like that. So you want to take it away? Uh, yeah, we'll just jump right into, you want to talk about phase five? Sure, yeah. So Comic-Con was last weekend or two weekends ago or whatever, but uh, a lot of stuff was announced and Marvel went out pretty intensely and announced their whole big phase thing that they do. So they kind of are wrapping up phase four with Wakanda Forever, which is the second Black Panther film, and then they announced phase five and six. So And these things are tentative. Some things change and get cancelled sometimes, which we'll talk about in a minute, about something. Um, but for Phase 5 right now, we got Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, which, um, I guess I'll talk about Black Panther, because I didn't actually talk about that. But um, I'm into Black Panther. I feel like it's it's a bit of a interesting film they have to make, because of the situation with Chadwick Boseman being the lead of the first film, and being the lead character of a franchise they could have gone towards, and he passed away, now they have to switch it up, so... Yeah, do you feel like they should have just not made the movie? No, I don't. I think just because, I mean, it's even like uh, William Hurt passed away recently too, and he was Thunderbolt Ross, who, spoiler alert, could have been Red Hulk in the, oh, yeah. a different movie coming out. Um, so, like, things like that. Like, you're not just going to not make Thunderbolts because you can't have that one character. And, like, I understand it's Black Panther. It's that yeah. character. and. I just think you kind of honor the memory, maybe, of going forward with that and letting him, letting the legacy live on in that film. Like, they can take the film and focus on the fact that he's not here anymore. And, and I guess get, so. You know what I mean? Yeah. And again, it's it's. I like the first one. It doesn't stand out as a top film at all, but it was fun. It, it's a nice side of the Marvel Universe where you have, like, that, like... I'm a white guy from Canada, so I, I feel represented <laughs> enough, but you know, like... We got our token white guys in that movie. Well, yeah, right? And, like, I just I just think it's a it's a cool part of the world, I find, and I've always liked Wakanda in the comics, because it's kind of just a fun city, I guess. And yeah, I really liked Black Panther, because of Andy Serkis. Yeah. I thought he was a great Marvel villain, that I was, like, kind of sad to see go. I was bummed they killed him, and he's in Ultron, too, really briefly, yeah. and he's in Black Panther, the first one. Um, and it was, he's a good villain, too, like, in the comics, even, so I was bummed to see him go, but Marvel does that. They want to just move on, kind of, with villains, which, yeah. I mean, except for Loki. <laughs> um, Speaking of which... <laughs> yeah, so go to, we'll go to Phase 5 and 6. So, uh, we got uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, which is funny, because it is one of those things where it's like they comment out in the second movie, but they're like, do you guys just throw quantum in front of everything? Um, that's what they did when they made the, they, they made the title, and uh, I actually, I love Paul Rudd, like, he stands out as one of my favorite, I'd say one of my favorite actors right now, or maybe even, like, over the last couple centuries, because he's, like, kind of timeless, um, but I'm into that one, I like the humor that the movies kind of pull off, and I do like the idea in the first two that... It's not, oh my god, end of the world if this stuff doesn't... Like, mm. I mean, the first part one, Yellow Jacket does want to kind of make a giant army to rule the world, whatever. But, like, it feels small. It doesn't feel like aliens are yeah. invading. And I like Paul Rudd. I think he carries a movie quite well. And I like his version of Ant-Man. Um, anything on that? Uh, yeah, uh, 
I really would have, I was actually talking about it at work the other day. So we were just talking about, um, when studios kind of interfere and like, yeah, metal and stuff. Edgar Wright thing. Yeah, yeah. How I would have loved to have seen Edgar Wright's Ant-Man and like what direction that would have taken the whole character and the MCU. I don't know if that would have changed a lot or if Marvel is always like, no, this is where we want all to, of these people to go. To me, I think Edgar Wright would have done a nice like standalone thing where Marvel was not going that mm. way. They were going the joint. Like, let's make a big game. Um, so moving on, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. It, uh, it's, um, I want to make sure I'm doing this in the right order here. No, I think it's Secret Invasion is next. Um, does it go up and down? Yeah, it does. Yeah. I guess. Sure. So Secret <laughs> Invasion is next. It's the, it's the show on Disney plus it's about scrolls. I don't know a ton about it. Um, the scrolls kind of originated in Captain Marvel and I were I was not a fan of the way they were pulled off. They're just, I talked about this in the last episode actually, but I want villains to be villains. I don't need villains to be good guys. And they made the scrolls who are awesome villains, like the good guys and whatever. It's okay. I'm, I'm okay with it. I just don't love it, I guess. Well, um, it was also kind of a waste of <clears throat> Ben Mendelsohn because he's such a good actor. Well, yeah. Now he's not a villain. He's kind of a joke. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And like, so Secret Invasion is an awesome comic series that I have. I have a lot of the tie-in books and everything. I, I really do like it quite a bit and it's a good story, but I don't know anything about this show. I know uh, Sam Jackson's in it as Nick Fury, and I know... Um, Colby Smulders back? Uh, probably. I don't know 100%. Oh, sorry, Daenerys Targaryen. What's her name? Amelia Clark. Oh, Amelia yeah. Clark is cast. I don't know if she's the Skrull Queen, but to me that makes sense because the way that storyline goes. Um, don't know a lot about it, but I am excited for it. Um, the Disney Plus shows, I guess I'll talk about this right now. Um, some of them have been awesome to me. Some of them have been less than awesome. I think the way Marvel and you know we can maybe reflect on phase four a little bit here but the way Marvel has been moving forward it's not just the films they want you to go watch the shows which like why wouldn't a studio want you to watch all their shows like you know that makes sense but some of them are hitting I found Loki quite fun it's ties into the multiverse aspect quite a bit and the way Kang originated spoiler alert Kang originates kind of from Loki season one um I liked WandaVision because it was different. Some of the episodes were great. Some of them were just weird, but I liked how it was a, just a different show. Then you have Falcon and Winter Soldier felt like a Marvel show. That yeah. kind of like, you know, like had a basic formula. formula. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, uh, Moon Knight I liked. Moon Knight was just different as well. Kind of the Egyptian side of things was fun. And I think Oscar Isaac did a good job. So like the shows I feel, I don't know, hot and cold, I guess, is a good way for me to put them. Would you say they've been better that Netflix is... Marvel shows were better than Disney Pluses? So, yeah, and my only thing... Oh, was Netflix better? Yeah. No, I would say Netflix stands better alone, kind of the same way I just said about Edgar Wright. Whereas, like, the what they were making, you know, the universe, although it wasn't amazing, like, they talked about, like, oh, well, you don't have a magic hammer. So, clearly, they're talking about Thor. It's kind of the way Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. worked, is, like, it kind of works better if you don't think of it in the larger universe. Mm. But the way the Disney Plus shows, like, made to be the... Li- exactly, yeah. and, like... Whether it's Kevin Feige or whoever's the Illumi- like the real life Illuminati above him <laughs> that controls Disney and Marvel and whatever, um, whether it's their say or his say, I just think they're blending things quite well in a way that no one's ever done before. Like in the same way, again, Disney, but Star Wars is trying to do that. I think, mm-hmm. I think Marvel is doing a better job, but it's, we're a little saturated. Like I will admit that we're saturated. There's so yes. much Marvel. Like you can't pump out whatever, I don't know how many shows, like, ten shows in two years, and they're all going to be great. Like, Well, and, like, that was kind of the, one of the things that I wanted to, like, bring up. Because, like, just looking at the amount of, like, stuff that they're putting out, like, eventually we're going to get to a point of they won't Marvel putting, fatigue. They won't be putting out 15 fucking things. Yeah, because yeah. I think eventually... Like, are they going to make Phase 99? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think people are, 
and like maybe it's already starting to happen. People are kind of like losing the momentum of being like riding the Marvel train, like just the same way westerns kind of zombie disappeared. Films zombie kind films, of yeah, die down. A Things bit kind there. of run their natural course. Yeah, um, and I think I mean maybe DC's almost at an advantage here with <laughs> with not being tied down. Like Marvel's, I don't know, fifteen years in this universe, and like. Yeah, they have multiverse fun now. They like literally this saga is like the multiverse saga or whatever, but you know, they are tied down to we've already had an Iron Man. Yeah. So like any next I mean like the X Men thing is a good question. Like they are gonna be compared no matter what, right? So whereas D C they just kinda can make whatever they feel like, I guess. <laughs> They're just know. throwing shit at the wall and let's finish what our Marvel talk and then we'll talk about D C. Uh so to keep going, Guardians three, I am a huge fan of the Guardians films. I love James Gunn. I like Chris Pratt. I like pretty much I just like those movies a lot. I'm a fan of their comics. I find like sure it's not a perfect adaptation of the comic books, but it's a good adaptation. It, it works well for the films. I think the films are fun. They're goofy. They're different. Like the first one with the dance battle. But like, yeah, I would say that was the first of the Marvel movies that I was actually like, okay, like I'm into this. Yeah. And actually to go back on Ant-Man a little bit, I felt that way about Ant-Man. I feel like, oh, this is Marvel's version of a heist film. Guardians mm-hmm. is Marvel's version of like a goofy space adventure. Yeah. I don't want to say just Star Wars, but their version of a space movie. Like, that can be f- fun space movie, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then Adam Warlock's coming in as a character. Will Poltier, I think, is the actor. He's good. Um, I think he's he has a... Uh, actor is aged well. I think he'll do a good job, to yeah. be honest. I'm excited. Um, they an- announced a character at Comic-Con. I don't know if you knew this, but the High Evolutionary. And I don't want to say the actor's name. I'm really sorry. I'm not even going to try. But he's the actor from Peacemaker. He's one of the guys. So James Gunn worked with him in Peacemaker. Oh, okay. And I did like him in Peacemaker. Um, but he's the High Evolutionary, who's a cool character. He's just like, he's probably the villain, and he probably made Adam Warlock somehow. It's We'll get into that later. But uh, And then I think Echo is next. So Echo kind of spins from... Um, Hawkeye, the other Disney Plus series. Her as a character is fun. Again, I have a lot of comics with her, and I like her. Like, she's kind of Daredevil side with the ninjas, and the she has the same master, and then, like, the Ronin character that Hawkeye was in Endgame, Echo becomes Ronin. Okay. So, like, that is kind of the connection there, and I don't know how far that'll go. Um, we got some other cool stuff where Kingpin ended up being her boss, this is kind of spoilers. Sorry, spoilers for Hawkeye, but oh no, Kingpin is her boss, and it's it actually is Vincent Dor- from Dorfino from the Netflix yeah. series. So that was kind of the first like actual addition of a Netflix character was that, and that's kind of a fun thing. And Echo and Kingpin should be like they should be connected. They're connected yeah. in the comics quite close. So don't know a ton about that one either. Didn't love the character in Hawkeye, but I like the character in the comics, so I'm okay to dive into it and go for it. Yeah, I'm gonna keep going. That's cool. Yeah, Loki season two. I'll try to make this faster. There's a lot to talk about. Loki season two. <laughs> I like the first one. I already said that. I think it was fun, and I also feel like this one was different. There's some weird like uh, continuity things, like with the Infinity Stones. They just kind of brush off the Infinity Stones in a weird way in the yeah, first they're, season. They're, like, you, they're paperweights yeah. and shit. It's it's actually kind of weird, but it's just I think this is Marvel's chance of them just having fun with the multiverse and that's what the, that's what the saga is all about honestly i just feel like that so um i'm excited looking forward to it the marvels i haven't actually watched um miss marvel yet it's probably the next thing on my list to watch and then i'll watch she hulk um the marvels i'm not super pumped for it didn't love the movie does the show doesn't look 100 percent appealing to me but i'll go see it it's a marvel film i'm sure i'll like some things i'm sure there'll be an actor in there that i like but not super looking forward to it it's probably one of my lowest on the list then we got Blade. Blade was kind of hinted at at the end of Eternals, and it's a film. I think it'll be good. It's been a while since we've had a Blade film. Was 
Wesley Snipes. Yeah. Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes. Uh, he's quite iconic for us. Like, we grew up watching yeah, those was, films. I, I personally don't know how... Like, I don't know how they're going to take the character of Blade and fit it into the PG family-friendly... Well, it's, it's interesting. Sorry, but yeah. MCU that we currently have on screen right now. When you have, like, the Blades that we grew up with, which, I mean... Everyone always wants to give Black Panther credit for being the first black superhero movie. When Blade was, like, years before that and was fucking... I wouldn't say awesome. Blade 2 was the shit. When it's I, when you're, good, though. When you're a 13-year-old boy, man, Blade 2 was the shit. That's what I was going to say. It's funny, though, because, like, Blade was, I think, actually, like, the first of the 2000s Marvel movies, like, even before X-Men, I think. Yeah. No, like, it, probably, it, I think, it, yeah. It was, like, their first try at, like, a Hollywood, at like, yeah. a new version Hollywood adaptation of that time. And, again, like, it worked. That's how we got the X-Men and Blade 2 and then mm-hmm. like, Trinity and, like, you know, a bunch of stuff. So, uh, I like... Actors' names. I gotta get better at this, but Marshawn Ali or whatever his name is. But I, I think he's gonna do a good job. I've seen him in a lot of stuff that I like, so I'm into that. Um, moving on, Ironheart. Don't know actually a lot about this character in the comic books. I think essentially something happens to Tony Stark. I don't know if he's dead in the comics or whatever. Um, but spoiler alert, he's dead in the MCU. <laughs> uh, and I think she essentially takes on his legacy. I don't know why or how, or I actually don't know anything about the character. Um, so it's kind of fresh for me, and that's fun, because I don't get that a lot being a Marvel comic fan. So looking forward to seeing what that's like, and I'm sure it'll be kind of targeted towards a young female demographic, kind of like Ms. Marvel, similar to Miss Marvel. Yeah. But, like, I mean, I'm a Marvel guy. I pay for Disney+. Plus. I'm going to watch it. So. Um, Agatha, Coven of Chaos is the next one. It's another show on Disney+. Plus. Obviously a spinoff from WandaVision. Um, Catherine Hahn. She might be one of our underrated actors one day. I actually love her. <laughs> she, she is great and she everything. She is awesome. Um, she does a good job, too, in WandaVision. It's, I went back and watched it kind of recently, and um, I'm excited to watch that. I don't know what it'll be about. Like, It could be an entire prequel. It could be a sequel. It could be taking place during Doctor Strange. Like, I just have no idea what that'll be. So, again, kind of fun. Um, the next cool thing was Daredevil came back. So he did come back in Far From Home. No Way Home. No Way Home. No Way Home, he came back and um, just kind of commenting on that multiverse part. And I don't think they'll actually be the same characters. I just don't know. Um, but Daredevil got another series announced on Disney+. Plus. Him, Charlie Cox, and Vincent D'Orfrino, whatever actor's names, I'll get better at that. Uh, they're both confirmed, and I think it'll do great. Again, it'll be Marvel's version, so probably not as dark, but I think it'll fit well. Like, if I can get, like, a Tom Holland cameo and him and Daredevil can go have a dope fight scene together, like... they bumped on that? I'm into that. Like, yeah, like, that should be... That's that's the thing I do want to see. So, yeah. again, the fanboy in me, I said this last time, I eat this shit up, and this is one of the ones I got really hyped for. So, yeah. Uh, Captain America New World Order I kind of mentioned to David quickly um, Falcon and Winter Soldier wasn't the, my favorite of the film, of the shows but it definitely leads into the new Captain America movie Sam Wilson Falcon becomes Captain America at the end um, new movie new Captain America I've read comics where he is Captain America and he's great as Captain America I like um, what's his name uh, Falcon the actor Anthony Mackie. I like there Anthony Mackie a lot. So I was totally blanking on it. Too. Yeah, I'm into his, I'm into it though. Then we got Thunderbolts. I know you're kind of into Thunderbolts. Yeah, it's probably the only one. Well, other than stands, stands up is your favorite. Yeah, yeah, other than Guardians, but that's the only one where I'm actually like, I think I'll go see it. Um, Thunderbolts is essentially in the comics. It's like they take a bunch of villain, like super villains, and turn them into superheroes. And some of them actually are trying to be superheroes, and some of them are trying to like cheat the system and still be villains, kind of thing. So. I, 
it, it's going to be fun. Um, they have been leading up to it with um, Julia Louis-Dreyfus's character in the MCU with the last couple appearances of her. Um, I imagine, again, it could have been Red Hulk, like I said, but I imagine it'll be like John Walker, uh, Yelena, the Black Widow, uh, maybe even Ghost from Ant-Man 2. Yeah. Didn't love her, to be honest, but no. um, could be that. So like this um, like thing on the internet kind of comparing Thunderbolts to like Suicide Squad. And like, what are we? <laughs> Just a bunch of thunderbolts. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope it's not. Well, I mean, I just hope it's not like Suicide Squad. No. The newest Suicide Squad is decent. But... Yeah, it wasn't bad. Definitely better than like yeah, the I original. Yeah, exactly. But... Uh, and then Fantastic Four it was announced next. I'm pumped for that. It's been a while since we've had. Actually, it's been forever since we've had a good one. <laughs> uh, I just think Marvel can pull it off with their formula. Like, I don't expect it to be like, oh, a dark, gritty Fantastic Four like we've never seen before. I assume it'll feel like a Marvel film, but I think that's what Fantastic Four needs. It just needs a solid film. Yeah. Like, give us a good first film that's maybe not, like, origin-heavy and it's not all, like, an hour and a half about them getting their powers. Like, give us a good first film, and then the second film can be awesome. And they're quite a multiverse... Like, the multiverse, they travel it all the time. So, like, that's probably how it's going to play in. Um, well, and it's definitely, like... Because they need that to establish Doctor Doom, I'm assuming, to get into, like... Well, jumping I was, ahead I was the, just going to say... Secret Wars. Yeah, right? so, well, what's before Secret Wars is Kang... Uh, the, sorry, the next one is the Avengers, the Kang Dynasty, and that's a film coming out in 2025? 2026? 2025. Um, it's uh, Reed Richards, who is Mr. Fantastic, is actually related to Kang. He's actually a different version of Kang in the comics. So, like, that... I'm assuming this is all going to lead into, get, like, into each other. Mm. Um, so, after the Avengers Kang Dynasty, which Kang kind of, again, gets established in Loki, so all these things kind of coming to an end point, which I like seeing. Kind of the Thanos route that happened in the first uh, saga. And then Avengers Secret Wars comes up. And there's a diff couple different versions of Secret Wars, but I imagine it'll be the version where multiverses are colliding, and then the different worlds have to fight. So, we literally could get a scene of Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield and Tom Holland, like, fighting each other. Mm. Like, I just don't know, again, that's... Don't know where it's going to go. years away, there's so much options they could do, but that's kind of what my feelings towards Marvel's announcements have been. I think it's a lot of stuff, and... I don't know. Personally, like, I'm always apprehensive. I just don't know how they're going to top. Like, Infinity War was so good. It's just a piece of cinema, like, after all these years of building up, and just as a movie itself, like, my wife, like, she hates Marvel. Like can't stand it but she loves infinity war well it's just you can i think and not anybody but a lot of people can just watch those movies mm -hmm. i think they're just like like the event it's particularly infinity war and endgame like there's just there's just entertainment it's just like it's gladiator it's like are you not entertained yeah. like just watch this film <laughs> but do you think with like with the amount of stuff that they're releasing that you have to watch all this stuff or you'll be lost if you just jump in the oh, middle you mean someone that's not me who's gonna watch yeah all? no i like, think do no, i have to I watch think... all six eight of these shows to be able to enjoy no, i don't think so i think certain things like secret invasion they've talked about in the the second last spider-man movie how nick fury's not on earth mm -hmm. right now so if you don't watch that you won't know that nick fury's not on earth but i think they'll be able to just explain like well when you left earth yeah. you know what i mean like, and you're back to earth like the marvels like i haven't watched miss marvel yet but i'm sure something will happen that affects that where it's like well you know Thank goodness I saved you from that firefight, and then boom, then that's how they yeah. know each other. Like, yeah, I, I think so. they'll, I think they'll do a good job at that. Like they know that not everyone will watch everything. I think, anyways. Like Hopefully. we'll have to see. We'll talk when we do the podcast in like three years. We'll talk about those Avengers <laughs> movies, and we'll love them. Uh, uh, I, I will. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I will or not. Well, fingers crossed. I mean, 
Again, there's a lot. I don't expect us both to love everything, yeah. but I think we'll like some things. Hopefully we like Guardians 3 and Thunderbolts and the Avengers. and yeah. So going to the opposite end of the spectrum from Marvel to DC. Um, DC is just straight up canceled releasing a finished movie. Uh, Batgirl. It was, I believe, as far as I know, completed. They could have been released theatrically or on HBO Max, but from what I've read, it was just so bad that they didn't want to release it. Yeah, I've heard that. Like, I didn't look super into it, but I, I heard it was like, oh, between Warner Bros. and HBO Max, we've all decided we want to keep our reputation better than that. Yeah. <laughs> Where were you on Suicide Squad? <laughs> Someone really liked it. Yeah, so I don't know if that has to do with, like, the studio being like, we can't just keep gambling $90 million on a movie. Yeah. <laughs> on, like, a movie that's not good or... I, I don't know if maybe just the tone of the movie was off or... It's hard to say, too, and we've talked about this, you and I, a lot, but, like, sometimes studios step in, and I'm sure we will talk about it more, I mean, studios step in, and I don't want to say ruin movies, but sometimes they just straight up ruin yeah, movies. Yeah, they definitely do. Yeah, and sometimes, like, a st- I'm sure somewhere down the line, a movie we both like, a studio executive made a decision that was actually a good decision, and, that, you know, like, I'm sure they're not all evil idiots who want to ruin movies, but, like... Sometimes they are, and maybe this was a case of them being like, this is too dark for our audience, and now we don't get a badass background movie? Or was it the studio being like, no, this is fucking trash, (laughs) and we're not releasing this? This is horrible. But I I guess I just don't understand. Like, I understand. Like, Like if a movie's that bad, but you've put, you've sunk $90 million, even if you get back 30. $20 $20 million, at least it's something, but something. it's so shit, apparently, <laughs> that they'd rather lose $90 million and put it Well, out. it's kind of like you said, like, you released, like, okay, like, not every, like, not just DC, but not every movie is shit, but, like, you released some shit. Yeah, like, there's been a lot of shit movies. Like, like, you're sinking all this money into Warner Brothers' Fantastic Beast, right? Yeah. And, like, those aren't good movies, and those no, are, like... I don't even mean that. I mean, like, actually, just look at DC, like, Catwoman? You released out at least Catwoman? Or, like, even yeah. The Suicide Squad, like... Yeah. Someone, well, I don't know. That was studio interference, I think, for a little bit of that one, too. Well, and then again, I mean, be Fantastic Four with um, Josh Trank, like yeah. the Fanforestick or whatever it's called. Yeah. Like, that's a good example of, I've heard uh, studio interference just fucked that movie up. But they still released it, yeah. you know? And it's a pretty bad movie. Yeah, so this one is so bad, they can't <laughs> fix it with reshoots or anything. So, Batgirl, we'll never see the light of day, unless maybe there's some release the Batgirl cut it's trending yeah, on the social right. media. You never know. And I mean, I'm sure what'll happen is in 10 years or so, we'll have a new Batman or whatever, and then she'll start in that one, and then she'll get a spinoff or something. Like, they will do a Batgirl eventually, but just yeah. not for a while, probably. Well, it's just a shame. <laughs> not that I was overly looking forward to, like, the movie itself. I hadn't... I, yeah, To be no perfectly honest, I, yeah, I barely even knew it was, like, out Me there. Me neither. <laughs> um, I just... Brendan Fraser. Oh, he was in it? Yeah, he was going to play the villain Firefly. Oh, okay. So anything with Brendan Fraser, I'm like, yeah, I'm in oh, Brendan yeah, Fraser. Send it. So that's unfortunate. Maybe and he's the reason it's trash. <laughs> Never. You <laughs> shut your mouth about Brendan. Uh, and just to keep going on uh, DC news, because it's already it's what we're talking about. Uh, apparently they are getting rid of... Keaton was supposed to play Batman in Aquaman 2. And I guess when they were doing trying to figure out the DC universe, they're like, oh, this doesn't really make, make sense that he's just randomly popping up here. Because well, he is going to be in the Flash, which makes sense because the Flash can travel through like dimensions and back through time. So it makes sense for him to pop up there. Yeah. But well, they're like, like, what's he doing in Aquaman? Well, and like Momoa has already met Affleck. Yeah. So it's kind of like, and again, there's the multiverse side, but which is always you can play around with. But I don't know. It seems 
Aquaman's not the right movie to bring in the multiverse, I would say. Well, and if you think, I don't know, like, if you look, I think the one thing I kind of like about the Justice League film and stuff is, like, it it works in a sense of the, 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 the world does work, so, like, to bring in Keaton's Batman, I guess the Flash. I don't know. I just, I, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, Ben Affleck's gonna take over, so we're gonna get another movie with Ben Affleck as Batman. I don't know for how long if it's gonna be just a slight cameo, but and again, I'm all right with that. I I like Affleck as Batman. It's hard. We see these things all the time, and it happens all like everywhere. But movies get canceled. Some actors drop out. Things change. Batgirl gets canceled like yeah. right before it's supposed to be released. So it's least anything here could change. This whole Marvel thing we talked about, all that could change. But yeah. Well, apparently there's also rumblings of them canceling a Supergirl movie, which I also didn't know was being made. But it's hard man, they need to like find their footing. Yeah, that's I guess it's a good way to put it. Marvel struck gold and they found their footing, and like you know they're gonna stumble every once in a while here and there, but they have a. At least they're on the path. Yeah. You know, they got I mean? their formula down to like just a science. Exactly. Like you can pump out a movie and be like, yeah, that felt like a Marvel movie. Yeah. But that's okay because we all went and saw it or whatever. A um, couple more things. There's a, we talked about in Bruges a little bit last time. It was one of my favorite directors, Martin McDonough, I believe is how you say it. Uh, he released a trailer for one of his new films. It's uh, Brendan, uh, sorry, Brendan Gleason and uh, Colin Farrell. I actually, let me try to actually pronounce this name real I quick. I want to say the Banshees of Inertion. Yeah, Inertion, maybe? Inertion? Yeah, so it's essentially, it looks kind of weird, but I'm into it. It, it, it fits his vibe, Mark McDonald. He, he writes and directs it. I think he does all, uh, all of his films. But uh, it's just like two Irish friends who somehow get in a scuffle or whatever. Or like they, one of them wants to stop being friends. The other one doesn't really know why. It's almost, that's what it's about. Yeah. It looks like. <laughs> it looks great, man. Like I'm, I'm super excited for it. Every time one of his movies comes out, I always enjoy they're kind what of, I see. They're kind of right up our alley, but it does look like, it looks like it'll be a funny, weird Irish movie. Yeah. I guess. The, the yeah. sense of humor in it. I'm quite excited for. Yeah. Um, and then they dropped the Andor trailer. Andor? Yeah. I always say it wrong. Which I actually, you told me five minutes before we started recording or whatever that they did that. And I didn't really know. So I haven't seen that yet. And, and like I said on the last one, how Disney Plus always sucks me in with their bullshit. <laughs> I'm sucked in again already. You are? <laughs> yeah, Oh, man, cool. Like, I'm into that. I like when it, you're sucked in. It, it's kind of like, um, <laughs> it looks like this, like how the rebellion kind of started. So it's kind of like the start of well, it. Well, I think Rogue, Rogue One was like a decent... I liked like Rogue One. And I think it's a good, like, spin-off of that, sure, yeah. right? And again, like, I talked, like, last time, it was like you had the whole galaxy of people, like, characters you can use, and yeah, they're recycling a character from an IP that people already know, but at least we don't really know a lot about him. Well, and, like, hopefully it's not all on Tatooine. No. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> For the love of God, no more Tatooine. <laughs> well, apparently, I was reading an article, and it I'm, could be bullshit, it's the internet, you never know. Um, but they were saying, like, test screenings that they did. People were like, this didn't feel like Star Wars. In a good way. Maybe. In a good way. Yeah, I'm into that. that Again. It, it actually, it had weight. And breaking there was, that Star Wars yeah. formula. And there was villains that, like, you kind of empathize with. Oh, uh, hopefully well, they're still like, villains. Yeah. <laughs> good, but, like, a good villain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Again, I read it on the internet. Take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. <laughs> David loves Andor. Um... I guess the trailer that I saw, I didn't actually bring it up because I just saw it. I remembered it. Uh, it's called Luck. It's a film. I follow Simon Pegg on Instagram. And it's like, I'm, I'm into Simon Pegg. We're going to talk about him a lot probably on this podcast. But it's like an animated film. And I was like super into it because it was him. But then he just voices this cat. And it kind of looks like a... Oh, I think I've seen Kind of looks like a it. pretty bad <laughs> film. Like, I was like kind of hyped because again, Simon Pegg. And I'm a sucker for that, right? Like I, I love an actor. I'm like, oh yeah, I'll go check that out. It's like, oh. And then oh again, I'm an adult terrible. now. Maybe it's just a kid's movie that I wasn't into. But yeah. But there's still... Oh, speaking of which, I didn't even talk about it on the last episode. 
and this isn't news. This is just stuff I watch that like you were talking about kids okay, movies. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Oh, did you watch it? Yeah, it's good. It's pretty good, man. Oh, I should watch it. <laughs> yeah, oh, cool. Like it's like it's it's them in the real world and they're actors who just acted in yeah, yeah, Rescue yeah, Rangers. Yeah, and like there's a lot of like really funny stuff about like bootleg movies. Oh, okay, it's it was. We have, like the Sonic good. thing is in it, right? Like yeah, 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 yeah. the reject Sonic. Yeah, yeah that's um, hilarious. I don't know how much Lonely Island. Or not, I shouldn't say Lonely Island, but like well, Andy Samberg uh, and Akiva Schaefer. He directed it. Andy Samberg? No, Akiva, Akiva Schaefer. Schaefer. Perfect. Yeah, so like yeah. and I mean, we'll probably talk about them yeah. later too. I'm a huge fan of their stuff. So uh, yeah, so it just made me think about it. It's definitely I'm, a movie we're checking out. It down. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, the last thing I have to talk about really for the news, um, something that I saw that came out is the outlaw season two. Oh, nice. literally like two days ago I saw it on Amazon and like I think it's out. It all six episodes are out. Oh, what am I doing with my life? I, I know. Like <laughs> literally like I was going to bed and I like go to put on and I was like, and I was like new episode. I was like, no. And I go to look and yeah, there's six new episodes or oh, whatever. Fuck. Yeah. So, well, I know what uh, I'm watching tonight. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I literally talked to you about it to you earlier, but I've been like pretty busy lately, but that's definitely on my list. And then we can talk about season two. Nice. Uh, anything else for news? I think that's it. Well, to be honest, now we got to talk about the bummer stuff, and we had this kind of talk last time. But when you celebrate uh, a, an actor's life when they pass away, opposed to focusing on the negative stuff, but I believe it's Nichelle Nichols is how you pronounce it. She passed away. She's, um, I guess, to be honest, the only thing I know her from is uh, Ahura from Star Trek. Um, but she is the first person to play Ahura on Star Trek. She is. Uh, Pretty sure when I looked up a little bit about her when she passed away, a little bit of a groundbreaking actress. It was a very famous show, and she was a black female in the 60s on TV in a main role. Like Again, I haven't watched Star Trek the whole <laughs> way through, so I'm sure she's a little sexualized, that it's not like the most perfect role. But, you know, it's she kind of helped pave way, and it's an iconic role, and Star Trek's a great show, and it spanned millions of spin-offs and whatever so yeah and it'll spin off a million more times kind of a big deal but yeah she passed away and like i said let's celebrate her life maybe go watch some star trek when i look up her stuff on imdb she's most known for star trek and star trek and star trek <laughs> but yeah lots uh, of stuff obviously. same with she acted until 2021 so she obviously acted for oh, good for her a long ass time yeah um the guy who played the mafia boss in goodfellas Oh, also passed away recently. Damn. I don't know his name because it know. just came to me off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah. We were talking about how it's not a good time for gangster movies. Yeah. But, and again, uh, we kind of talked about like it's as these people age, as we get older. Like, yeah. I'm not even a kid. This kid movie looks like trash because <laughs> I'm not a kid. Yeah. As we age, these actors are going to age, right? And um, yeah, it's one of those things. Yeah. Now we'll get into like uh, stuff we've watched recently. I'll go first. I have a lot more. Riley's been busy here. I'm a busy guy. Um, okay, I can't just sit around watching stuff all day. I got Saturdays off because my wife works, <laughs> so that's when I watch all my stuff. Um, we finally watched Spider-Man: No Way Home, and uh, is all right. Yeah. You know what? Um, I don't think it was as good as it was hyped to be, but too, too hyped for you. Seeing. To me, and Andrew Garfield sh- stole that whole movie. Like he yeah. was, he was great. And one of the things I want to talk about is like it's kind of hinted at that he got dark. It is after. You're right. Yeah, it uh, is. Yeah, what's her name? Gwen. Gwen Stacy dies. Um, that I would have loved to see. Like a well, in a weird way, like maybe it's even in Secret Wars. Like maybe we see, and it it could even be a different version of him where he's like black symbiote evil. Remember, he's like, I want to fight a space alien. Yeah. Remember, it's like he might even be like. I fought a space alien. Yeah. You know, I don't. I don't know what it's gonna be, but yeah. But no, I I, I liked it. I think it's just because of like the just the three of them. The that 
part, all, anything with the three of them was just gold. Yeah. Even like the back and forth between the three. That was, to be honest, without a doubt, my favorite part of the film. Yeah. Like before the fight, they're all, and when he's like, oh, my back. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I got and, the back. And yeah, and they're like, like that whole part. Back. Again, like, he's like, you fought an alien? Yeah. Like that whole scene to me, I love it. But what bothered me was like, they're kind of, the, not the, yeah, kind of the rest of it. Like just Peter Parker, like, fucking up thinking like oh I know better than Doctor Strange when he's like refusing yeah, to kill these it's villains the, it's the, uh, who the, he's never met the naivety of Peter yeah, Parker like yeah. dude like they're fucking villains <laughs> and I think so one of the things that I took from it was the Aunt May thing man like I actually like I don't cry in movies very often but I was sad like yeah. I remember coming out there like I and I just didn't I didn't expect it cause he doesn't have an Uncle Ben he already says like he has that moment in Civil War like his first appearance when he's like if you have these powers and you don't do anything about it, you're to blame, which is essentially like a weird ripoff of with great yeah. power. Um, but then they literally just made her the Uncle Ben. Like she said, she straight up says that to him right before she dies. Like I just didn't see that coming, so I was a little shook by that. And I think that's maybe where it all led to. Like his naive naivety mm. led towards her death, and I think that's that's what I take from it at least. But fucking Willem Dafoe, man, man, he should just he's just being everything. <laughs> he's like so. Fucking good. We should just talk about him as an underrated actor because no one likes him enough because everyone should like him more. Like, yeah. he's just great. Yeah, so... Sorry. <laughs> I liked it. It was good. I'd give it uh, seven out of... Seven Willem Dafoe cackles out of ten. Nice. Yeah. Um, speaking of movies that were hyped up a little bit, we went to see Top Gun Maverick. Um, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, other than, like... Those flight scenes were shot fucking excellent. They were, and like, it. I don't know. It. It. It's you know things you've never seen in a movie before. Yeah, sure. And it was cool. Like, it's actually pretty fun. Like next time I'm gonna I'm gonna tell someone to go to the D box so they have like the crazy, yeah that would probably be pretty cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, that that part was good. But one of the problems I had is, and I think maybe you were the one that bring this up, but like, it just felt like they made an '80s movie. Yeah. Like. Honestly, the villain in quote unquote villain in like the flight school was just like a cheesy '80s villain. Like, why are you being so fucking yeah. rude and weird right now? It doesn't make any sense. And I don't know. I, we, the kind of thing that I brought up. There's like three storylines: the, the the flight scene stuff with Miles Teller, and I think Miles Teller did a good job. But the drama there was okay. But then the not Miles Teller flight school stuff I didn't like. You know, like the villain and the rest of the cast. Like, there's a group of sixteen of us, but only five of us have lines. Yeah, like, exactly. Gonna, I wonder who the main characters are going to end up <laughs> like, being. I'm going to choose you five people who have been talking this yeah. whole time. None of you other randoms. And then um, this like the love story stuff with Jennifer Connelly. I mean, I'll take it or leave it. It was just like. And I even asked a uh, buddy I work with because he like told me he's like it's really good. Oh right. So like I we were talking about it a little bit and I was like, why is it? So I was good? like I haven't watched like I haven't watched Top Gun in fucking a decade. So I was like, was Jennifer Connelly in Top Gun? Like did I am I not remembering that? He's like no, she wasn't in it. Like it's like oh, is the geez. character reference? He's like there was like some admiral's daughter that he might have slept with that like that might be the she reference. Is a new character. Yeah, and oh. so like that. <laughs> Like, it's just this new character that you're supposed to be like, oh, they have, like, fucking 30 years of, or whatever of dating. And it's like, oh, they're instantly in love. It's just, it felt so forced. And, like, you didn't you didn't need Maverick to have a love story in that movie for it to work. Like, it didn't add anything. Again, it felt like a cheesy 80s yeah. movie. Like, it just, this just has to be in here. Yeah. And then I'll say the third part of the film being the flight scene. Or the flights. Yeah, the flight scenes and the, the dog fights and stuff. 
Pretty cool. Pretty yeah. badass. I, I was, I was, one hundred percent. Like that's where your training into. montages when he's like, yeah, oh yeah, showing he's them like, like killing, yeah. killing them all. Yeah. Like, oh, that's two hundred pushups or yeah. whatever. Yeah, like that stuff was good. All the flight stuff was good, but besides that, kind of meh. Yeah. Um, what, what, is that how you go for it? Yeah. Say, what do you want to rate it? Oh yeah, I will rate Top Gun Maverick. I'm gonna give it seven cool flight scenes out of ten, and I'm gonna give it seven because the flight scenes were so cool. I probably shouldn't be giving it a seven, but I will give respect to the actors and pilots who did all that shit i will not 6.5 shirtless men out of 10 nice nice i should have said mustaches but yeah uh, i got a mustache one i already said flight coming up oh you have a mustache okay (laughs) go ahead go ahead um okay well i'll just talk about the one that i'm gonna rate out of mustaches uh the gray man oh right right. that's a good mustache uh, i haven't seen it but that's a good mustache with the uh, russo brothers starring um gosling and evans and anna d armanis oh i like her oh she's yeah so do i (laughs) Um, Uh-oh. Keep it <laughs> uh, we live right now? Yeah. Um, we'll cut all this out. <laughs> it's a spy movie that you've seen a hundred oh, times. a little generic. Yeah, it turns yeah. out... Is it this... like a Netflix film? Yeah. Uh, that makes sense. I ba- find Netflix does. Yeah, Netflix based on like a, a novel. Okay. Um, and spoiler alert, it turns out the CIA sometimes turns their oh, back the on you. Guy. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, I know. I didn't see it coming that at all. That is an original idea. So like... <sighs> I wasn't impressed by it. I found, like, even during some of the action scenes, I was just, like, oh, kind yeah. of on my phone. I've seen, like, clips and stuff. Oh, yeah, kind of, yeah. Like, there was, like, the cool scene when he's, like, handcuffed to a bench. If you've seen the movie, no, you'll know what I'm talking yeah. about. It was it was good. I wasn't hating it the whole time, but it didn't it didn't bring anything new. I yeah, wasn't, like, fair. oh, my God, I, you like, gotta watch I the great yeah, 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 that was yeah. that was great. And I, I really like Gosling. I don't think he did, like, much in the role okay because he was like a stoic guy who's just good at kicking ass but it's like i've seen john wick and if mm-hmm. i and if i want to watch an action right. movie about go, a stoic guy for john wick yeah because and again like it's the same thing as like all these other action movies where it's like an action scene isn't a continuous shot like it is with john wick there was a couple fight scenes that, that they did fighting. yeah yeah but other than that it was like just cut 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 so it looks like it's this crazy action but it's just it's not and i'd rather watch a continuous shot of like well choreographed fight scenes, and that's why John Wook was so good. Right. So it was all right. Uh, I gave it uh, six cop stashes out of ten. Nice, nice. Um, I've been a busy guy, like we've mentioned, but uh, been watching Modern Family, and uh, it's a good show. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm sorry. The Lord bless you. Thanks, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I'm watching Modern Family. This is a fun show. Uh, Kind of got into it on a whim. Like, yeah, I need to do a random show to watch. And I've been into it, so. I won't really talk about that much, because if you <laughs> want to go watch it, just go watch Modern Family. It's a nice, fun family sitcom. Um, gonna, so far, I'll give it eight dysfunctional, actually, eight crazy functional families out of ten. Because it's a it's fun, like, heartwarming show. Nice. Well, one of us here has been doing our job and watching movies. So, uh, I watched <laughs> Prey recently, which is the prequel to all the Predator movies. It's about uh, Predator um, landing on Earth in like the 1700s. I haven't seen it, but the tag I saw was like the first landing of the Predator. Yeah. So it's like him going up against, um, I want to say a Comanche First Nations okay. girl is the one who's kind of like the lead. Yeah. It was, uh, you know what? If, if you just take that concept that it's a Comanche warrior female against the Predator, it, it's really good. But it also is, tries to be like, very preachy about female empowerment oh, instead of being like 
about it badass action movie kind of thing. yeah but you can still have a movie about female empowerment and still be good but when it's like constantly shoved down That's your throat just the whole much. movie yeah and like scene after scene after scene it's like okay i understand what you're trying to say yeah she's not allowed to be a hunter she has to be a gatherer like societal roles for women okay yeah, yeah. i got that in the first 10 minutes but the whole film's about that yeah movie. and every like male character is like shitty mm. and her brother the only time he redeems himself is when he's like you were right all along you've always been the smart one. Mm. And so, like, the only time he's ever, like, really nice is when he's, like, saying, you're, you're, you're the best. Yeah, yeah, okay. But, like, there was some cool fight scenes. The d- Predator like, movie kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, like, you know exactly what is going to be in it. <laughs> uh, the dog was cool in it. I don't know. I enjoyed it. I I would watch it again. But I, didn't, I don't need to be force-fed that shit just make a cool movie about a badass female that can have that stuff in it yeah but yeah. but like not the whole yeah. fucking runtime like yeah. a couple lines here and there so you like you know get like the message across yeah like, not like tell uh, it uh, yeah uh, that's like the only story you're telling yeah so that one was good i'd give it uh 6.5 tomahawks on a rope out of 10 Ooh, spoiler alert there's a tomahawk on a rope i mean yeah. i'm gonna check it out actually yeah i'm into it enough that it appeals to me. Yeah, I would su- watch it. Yeah, I, mean, I if will. You, I will. Yeah, I still. I was gonna say if you like Predators, but I still haven't watched the last Predator. Like, the, what was it called? The Predator, the newest one by Shane Black. Oh yeah, I didn't watch that one either. No, I, I heard. I heard bad things. Me too, actually. But I'm um, like, maybe I'll watch that one too. But like, as far as a prequel goes, like I'm, I'm into it. There was yeah. like, it's kind of a fun idea. Yeah, yeah, and they had to obviously had the if if it bleeds, we can kill it. Like they had to have that yeah, line yeah, yeah. in there because you have to, and then. The heat vision and all that shit obviously comes into it, but it's done by the same guy who did Ten Cloverfield Lane. Okay, which I was yeah, into. I like that one too. So yeah. cool. it's on Cray? No, Disney. Yeah, Disney. Yeah. Disney Plus. Yeah. Currently, right now. Okay, so um, another movie that or show. Sorry, my apologies. That's force-fed women empowerment. Just kind of kidding. It's The Boys. We talked about The Boys <laughs> last time. Um, I finally finished season three. David wanted to talk about season three last time, but I didn't finish it. So now we talk about that. Uh, I'm kind of kidding when I talk about that. It's just, it's a nice, the whole show itself since season one has been a nice commentary on like, actually a lot of stuff, I guess, like politicians, like politics, superheroes, superhero movies, mm-hmm. superhero, like corporations, everything. Oh, corporate. You're right. Yeah. It's like all literally all that. Yeah. One one. Yeah. So, um, I really liked it. I'll let you kind of go ahead because you want to talk about last time. So no, it's just every season keeps getting better and better. And I, Jensen Eccles as soldier boy was so good. So I never watched supernatural or really anything where he's like in it a lot. Like I've seen him randomly and stuff, but like, he was good. I yeah. Liked him. yeah, and like I was, I was worried, not worried. Yeah, I was a little worried with the orgy episode. I was like, okay, oh my, uh, super gas. How far is this gonna go? Because the boys is like fucking pushes, balls to the wall. It pushes limits. If you haven't seen it, just check it out. If you have the stomach for <laughs> yeah. it, there's certain scenes like literally season one, episode one. I think it might be the first scene, like when Huey's standing there. Oh, yeah, just... Like, like it starts <laughs> off with a bang. So, like, check out the first five or ten minutes and you'll know if you're into it or not. But the whole stuff, the whole show stays like that. Yeah, and I like how it's setting up more stuff for the future. Like, the fact that Homeland... I'm going to spoil, like, the ending. Cause yeah, you, spoilers, everyone. It. Yeah, we finished it, so spoilers. When he just kills that dude right in front of everyone yeah, yeah, and yeah. everyone just starts cheering. Well, like, so that's great. It, again, this is kind of why I brought up politics because I have a big feeling, like, I, I did get a message from that scene or like a shock from that scene because it, it just kind of shows like you can literally murder someone and cold blood right in front of people and they'll cheer you for it. Well, like, I think that was in reference from what I don't remember who I was talking to. I was talking about it. But like they were kind of like playing on Trump said that 
that he could walk up and shoot somebody in the middle of New or, York and he'd yeah. get applause. Yeah. And like that's literally what happens. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. And the whole idea like Homelander is like the idea of the American dream and American yeah. exceptionalism. Yeah. Well, and underneath it, it's fucked up. Kind of like, I'm sorry. Like Amer- like the American <laughs> dream is like, you know, it looks idyllic in like one way and whatever the media wants you to see is what you see. But behind it's it's really ugliness. 100%. It's a great show. And like I said, it has commentary on a lot of things of this life. Like corporations and like you said media and like advertisements and you know don't believe not everything is what it looks <laughs> yeah, like don't yeah. believe what you watch on tv um i really love carl urban as well i talked about this at work last night uh but he is definitely one of my man crushes right now oh, for he sure, is man. just fucking since awesome. lord of the rings everything exactly everything yeah. since doom yeah sure, oh no lord of the rings probably first. yeah i think yeah, lord yeah, of the rings yeah, was yeah. first um but yeah everything i see him in man i don't know if i've ever seen him not be good in something. well and it's such a shame we'll never get another dread like, yeah, we really should. Of all the fucking shit movies they he, make, he, and they wouldn't do a sequel to Dread. Too. Yeah, there's again, he's awesome, and like everyone in that show is quite good. So. Yeah. Um. Oh. Um. I watched. <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna give the boys oh, yeah. nine superhero orgies out of ten. Ooh. Uh. Nine octopus blowjobs out of ten. You gotta. You guys gotta watch <laughs> that show. It's fucking crazy. Um. And then I'll just quickly talk about a movie I watched last night on Netflix, just on a whim, threw on this movie called Little Evil. It's about this uh, guy who becomes a stepdad to uh, the Antichrist. So it's basically like a comedy movie, uh, like The Omen. Like, if The Omen was a comedy. Okay, like a black comedy. Kind of yeah, and it's starring Adam Scott, and it's about like just him trying to like figure out what's going on. Like, is this kid really the Antichrist? And it turns out, spoiler alert, he is the Antichrist. <laughs> so it's about him trying to like also wrestle with the fact of being a stepfather and his own issues right, of right. being a father and the idea of like the father trying to take custody is satan trying to <laughs> yeah. take custody of it's the like, child it's like you could have a movie about this with a regular family yeah but, but it's so much better yeah, having yeah, yeah. the antichrist and it's great there's like um he has to go to like um stepfather support group and everyone who's in it is somebody you know like it's uh uh, Turk from Scrubs. Oh yeah, uh, Chris D'Elia. Oh, like like the the people in the room. Yeah, like, yeah, they're like his support group who end up in the end of the movie. Spoiler: helping him out to like save, oh, okay. save the kid. That makes um, sense. Right, right. Yeah, Chris D'Elia. Who's the guy from Brooklyn Nine Nine? The boring guy that Santiago dates. Teddy. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He's in. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, in. he's one of the other ones. And then there's this uh, lady. I don't know her name, unfortunately, but she was hilarious. Uh, it was good. <laughs> like I was not expecting it to be that good. Um, but no, yeah, check it out. It's on Netflix. It's a Netflix movie. It's like an hour and a half, so it's not a huge commitment. But uh, it was quite good, quite funny. I found myself laughing. I was into it. And uh, Adam Scott gives a great performance as this guy who's wrestling with the idea of being a stepfather. Uh, so I would give it seven buried alive stepdads out of ten. Oh, spoiler alert! It's the first thirty seconds of the movie. Well, now I'm not gonna watch it. So. <laughs> I'm done. Uh, uh, is that all you got? Yeah, that's all I've been watching really. I okay, mean, yeah. well I'll take it again because again, like I said, someone's pulling the weight here. Um, I'm starting to watch uh, the show called The Rehearsal. It's a show by the comedian Nathan Fielder. Okay. Uh, and I'm gonna. Ch- I I don't even know how to describe the show and i've watched four episodes <laughs> it's about this guy who let's say you want to do something in your life like i'm just going to talk about episode one this guy wants to tell this girl that he's like he's lied about having a, a master's degree he only has okay. a bachelor's degree okay oh this actor yeah so then nathan fielder showed up and he's like okay we're gonna let you practice telling her this so they build like a an exact replica oh, okay. of the bar the rehearsal and they hire an actress <laughs> who's inter- interviewed his friend, so she knows her personality, and they go through like 
literally every single possibility that could happen in this conversation. They have like a pathway of like how the conversation goes, what he's going to do at any given time. And they rehearse it like multiple, multiple times. So it's about this guy. Episode one is about him trying to like tell this secret. But it's like this weird look at like the way humans interact with each other. And it's like, it's like weirdly beautiful show. Anyway, it's an HBO Max. um, Okay. Episode four just came out on Saturday. Oh, I haven't watched it yet, but oh, okay. even episode two, it's about this girl who wants to, she wants to be a mother. Okay. So what they do is they hire all these child actors and they put her in a house with these child actors, but they got to switch them every three hours because that's what kids are only allowed uh, to work. Okay. But every time they switch the kid, they age the child. So the kid will go in just getting like, older. Yeah. yeah so okay. she gets to kind of live the whole experience of what it's like being a mother from a kid from zero to 18 in this house, but it's Crazy. all child actors. And it's like, it's such a weird show, yeah, but it's, weird. it's great. I would highly recommend it. That's a unique too, which is what we need. Yeah. yeah. Something like, and then that made me get into his other show, Nathan for you, which is like, okay. it's just, <laughs> it's just him his, giving like his shitty business kind of ideas. It's great too. Um, as far as like awkward comedy goes, it's, it's awesome. But no, uh, the rehearsal, uh, I would highly recommend it. I gave it 9 out of 10 awkward conversations. Oh, nice. so. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, that's all I got. Other than that, I'm uh, trying to... We talked about the Sparks Brothers last episode. Right, yeah. I'm currently trying to listen through all their albums. Uh, there's 24. I said 16. I really underestimated it. <laughs> so I'm... Uh, that's a lot of music. Yeah, I've crushed four of their albums out of 24, so I'll let you guys know how that's going. So far, there's been some really good albums, and the last one I listened to was Schmeh. We are going to talk about Jaws now. It's the main feature for the episode. Um, it's a well-known film, but just in case you don't know about it, we'll do a quick synopsis for you. So it's uh, set in an island town of Amity, I Amity. believe. Yeah. Um, it's like a summer town where it's people are just on the beach all day and just chilling, and people come flock there in the summer, and they are essentially not stalked, but hunted by a shark. A shark shows up and attacks some people and then won't leave. So they have to, it's about the sheriff of the town and he's kind of take it upon himself to, to kill the shark and save, I guess, stop letting people get killed by it. So, um, he gets help from a couple people and they essentially go out and hunt the shark and spoiler alert, they get it. So, uh, it's a, it's a Steven Spielberg film. He directs it. It's from 1975. So it's older. Um, it's based on a book by Peter Benchley who appears in the film. Fun fact, Mm -hmm. as a reporter interviewer or something, I believe. Um, it's funny, I, the one thing I'll start off, it's, the book was written in 1974, the film came out in 75. Yeah. So, like... It was a very quick turnaround. They, I think they were working on the movie... Together? Just as, no. The book came out, they read it, and they're like, okay, we gotta we're make this into a movie. And I think just as the movie, like, the book took off, they were in production, I wanna say. Mm, okay. It makes sense, it's... I'd like to read it, I, that's one of the, I was gonna try to read it before this, but, uh... Obviously didn't. <laughs> Too many to watch this stuff. Yeah. Um, this is uh, David. Kind of chose this film. It's been one of your favorite films for a long time now. Yeah, this movie definitely fucked me up as a kid. Like the the reason that I have such a fear of the water is Jaws, which I think most people who have seen Jaws kind of have that little tentative fear of the ocean, or at least you should, because there's a lot of fucking yeah, scary you, shit. In there. If you don't, you should. Uh, uh, sorry. Yeah. No. It, as far as like. Movies go, it's the same thing as Jurassic Park, where it's something I liked as a kid because it was exciting to watch a shark, like, attack people and, like, all that stuff. Who doesn't want to watch that? Yeah, and, like, you know, 
the characters were just there. They were just in the movie. You didn't really care. But then, I don't know, when I decided to watch it, maybe like, I don't know, six years ago, I just was like, oh, I just want to watch the Jaws. And it was like watching the... When you got back into that? Yeah. I'd say it was even longer than that. Ten? Yeah, like it was a while ago. And I remember you being like, man, you know what movie's awesome? (laughs) It was like watching the movie for the first time. Yeah. Because you're like, holy shit, like, these are great characters. Um, The way the movie shot, which was not out of... Steven Spielberg didn't originally set out to shoot it from the point of view of the shark. That was done because all the sharks, the mechanical sharks that they had, kept failing. So he kind of had to come up with a a genius way to be like, okay, how are we going to do this? So then they decided to shoot it from the point of view of the shark, which makes it better. Because the reveal of the shark at the end is better because you only see glimpses. Like, you see its fins when it's rolling on the Kintner kid, and you see it just in the water and it eats the buddy on the boat um, when they're in the pond with uh, Brody's kids there. Um, So the reveal when Chief Brody... When it pops out of the water, that famous scene, you come down here, chum this shit, and it yeah. pops out, and he delivers the line, which was improvised on set, like, you're going to need a bigger boat. Like, that just hits so much more, because before that, it's just your imagination filling in the blanks. Like, what is this shark? You know it's a shark, but you don't know how big it is, what it looks like, so I love that out of failure came probably one of the best ways to shoot a film. And we did talk about this in Jurassic Park, which is another Spielberg movie. Maybe we will not do a Spielberg movie for the next episode. Um, but we talked about he does a good job of, sh- like, you don't have to see it, but you see it. Like, you get to see it without seeing it, I guess. Yeah. And, like, again, like, you know it's a shark film. You know watching Jurassic Park, you're going to see a dinosaur. You know this movie is about sharks, but then, like, you don't need to see it. To, you just, you want it. I don't know. I guess it's just, like... Like you said, like the glimpses of it are just enough for us to be like, "Oh my god, did you see that?" Yeah. Like, like people in the theater can't stop and rewind. But that's where you want like pause it and be like, "Oh, cool, that's the shark!" Right? Like, when it's that, huge. That scene with the fins, what you said when you first see it, kind of thing. Like that would like shook me, kind of. Like, yeah. I think it's maybe when he sees it too. It's like that yeah. weird shot of him looking over the yeah. shoulder or whatever. So like, it's intense. It's like spooky and yeah. Oh yeah, and it's it seems to be like a. Because I watched it last night just to prepare for it. Yeah, and it, I watched it yesterday. It definitely feels like a lot of different movies. Again, like Spielberg's like Jurassic Park, which yeah. is the parallels between the two. Because um, it's like there's certain parts in like the end of the film where it's like an adventure film between these three guys. Yes, and they're yes. on a fishing trip and it's bonding. And it's like even the music and John Williams scores it perfectly. It's like happy and jovial. And like you kind of forget it's this man-eating shark that's killed all these people because it's just... It's like rousing music and they're all like happy and things are going well. The one thing that I noticed, there's just always a lot going on and in a lot of ways. So like kind of in the sense of in the beginning scenes, it's like you see Brody's life and it's just kind of chaotic. And I noticed Spielberg does a good job of like, while there's something happening in the foreground, something's happening in the background, you don't actually need to know about it, but it just adds like, oh, this character is concerned about this or mm-hmm. whatever. It's You're like, talking like the beach scene? No, like, literally, the, before, like, when, like, the townspeople are oh, bugging yeah, him, it's yeah. really, like, his everyday life of, like, literally just people coming up and, like, his his wife, like, he's talking to his son, where his wife's talking to the other son, and, like, there's just a lot going on, and then in this movie, it transitions from a lot going on into not a lot going on, because it ends up being three guys on a boat, and I kind of realized, like, oh, like, it's almost like two different films, like, it's, it's a lot, it's, it's, there's lots of different moods and tones to the film. Um, the one thing you kind of mentioned is the point of view of the shark. I think it works well. Like the fact that we don't have to see anything but what the shark would see 
it's scary for the people because you know they're going to get eaten. I think it's that first girl. I don't Chrissy or whatever it yeah. is. I think that's the part where it, you just see it come into her leg and it's like, it's kind of almost so overdone now. But like seeing that shot, it's like, oh my God, don't eat her. Like, Well, I think it's also like just because that's a perspective most people won't ever see. The shark's perspective. Yeah, yeah like, you're right. Most of us are the, we're the legs in the water that are just paddling. Yeah, most yeah. of us, I mean, well, other than divers and whatnot, aren't really going to look right. up and see that perspective. And you're right. Like, now we're the ones in the water worried about what's underneath yeah. our legs, right? Well, and like I said, it's just, that m- movie has like, I the amount of love I have for it and the amount of like fear that it still like is instilled to me to this day, like I still don't like going in the ocean. Yeah, yeah. And it's knowing the statistics from this movie. There's like the, when they're sitting in like uh, Brody and Hooper. I guess we should talk about the characters. We're just talking about. I was like, going we, next. <laughs> like we haven't. <laughs> sorry, Chief Brody is like the chief of police of Amity Island. He's the one who's kind of like the hero. He's the main character of the movie. Yeah. I guess the three of them. Yeah. So okay. So let's just talk about that. There's three main actors, and I really do like the fact that all three actors get the lead credits. I think literally when they appear on screen, they're yeah. all up here at the same time. Clearly, uh, Chief Brody, who is played uh, played by Roy Scheider, um, he is the main character. He is the lead. It's about him, and he is not from the island. He's actually an outsider, and he hates water, um, which I love. It's actually just a. It's kind of like a maybe a bit of a cliche for the story, but it works so well. It's, yeah. it's like maybe it's the OG cliche of like the person who's got to go on the water doesn't like water, right? But it works quite well. Um, and yeah, he's the sheriff. He's just trying to keep the small beach town in harmony. And again, the shark shows up and... And he's the one, he like tries to close the beaches right at the start. He's like out of the gate. He's like, Kate. Shark attack, let's shut this shit down. He's a little Alan Grantish, and the fact that he doesn't really do a whole lot of yeah. things wrong, yeah. you know? like. And then, obviously, the, the beaches stay open because of the mayor, yeah, who has then... also played very well. I think that was the first person Spielberg cast was in the, the mayor. movie. Well, the mayor, and the mayor kind no, of... No, act... sorry, it was the wife. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I like her too, actually. Yeah, she was good. Um, the mayor kind of acts as, like, the villain, so the... You know, shark attack happens. Brody's like, hey, shut the beaches down. And the mayor's like, hey, man, like, it's the summer. We're a summer town. We can't shut the beaches down. This isn't a shark attack. It was a boating accident. And, like, straight up, one of my notes, I really like the shot. Brody writes in the official cause of death. Boom. It's, like, on a typewriter. S-H-A-R-K. Shark attack. And it's, like, I I felt that, like, there was a particular shot of the typewriter. And I just thought that was, like, it's official. It's a shark attack. And then, literally, the next scene, it's them being like, well, it wasn't a shark attack. Yeah. And then, so, Brody calls in Matt Hooper. Who is a marine biologist. He's a yeah, shark expert. Shark expert. Who is played by Richard Dreyfus. Yeah, and it's, sorry. And he's, he's great. He is, yeah. He's, like, this young college guy who's, like, I don't even, kind of, like, I don't even know how to describe him. He's They even comment, like, uh, he has a part where, I think it's on his boat, and then uh, the other character's, like, how do you pay for this? He's, like, oh, like we're kind of rich, or yeah. whatever. So, he's, like, a rich college guy. He, like... He gets into it, but he just has always been fascinated by sharks and water, and he just, he's just like, he like loves sharks. He really says it. He's like, I love sharks. He knows so much about them, and he just comes in. I mean, at one point, all these villagers or townspeople are like, hey, we got the shark, and he shows up, and right away, he's like, just saying, that's probably not the shark, and then he's right. It wasn't a shark. Like, he's the shark guy. He's the shark expert. Yeah. And then the and best, sorry, um, Hooper is kind of like, I don't know if you're talking like, kind of nerdy, kind of like funny and awkward like he comes to their house just like takes his plate of food he's like you eat this <laughs> yeah. like, just goes like, for but it but he brings wine yeah. you know what I mean so he's like a, kind of like a quirky character and I actually thought he was quite funny I, watching this movie as a kid kind of we'll talk but 
talk about it, but like how you grow up and things change, your perspective on things change when you watch a movie when you're older. But I really liked Hooper this time around. I think maybe he wasn't likable when I as a kid. Yeah. But I thought he was quite likable and funny this time around. Yeah, I kinda like how he's played as like kind of like shown as like almost an el- kind of an elitist because he's like a rich, well educated Mer- s- specialist. Yeah. Well, and then on the other side of things, yeah, the, third the best character, character yeah. I'd say, my favorite, Quint, played by Robert Shaw, yeah. uh, who is a sh- he kills sharks. That's his his job. That's what he does. He's a sharker. He's just like an island man. Like he he's like the typical like my parents are from Nova Scotia and like I like I've seen his type before. <laughs> like he I met is that dude. Yeah, like he is an island man. Yeah, and it, the one thing that I really liked um, in the movie was the relationship between um quint and hooper yeah that you have like a city boy who has a lot of money who's like well educated and then you got quint who's like works with his hands like a hard-working blue collar kind of guy and the way they kind of butt heads but then they also kind of there's this weird little bit of respect that they have for each other at the same time i think it's when they're loading the boat and then you see uh quint talking to his guy and he's like i don't know what he's like we need rope and I don't know. Dynamite, like, yeah. Badass shit. And then, and then it's, uh, Hooper talking. I don't know who he's, like, the guy with the guy. He's like, I need AK, uh, not AK 47, <laughs> but he's like, I need the M16. I don't know yeah. exactly what he says, but like, yeah, they're listing like, off guns like, and weapons. Yeah. And it's like the differences between the equipment they're bringing and they essentially use everything, which yeah. is actually kind of was like, maybe that's what you like. There's that mutual respect of like, well, this cage, like, he's making fun of the cage he's going to bring, but then it's like, well, the only option we yeah, have is the cage, I guess we're using right? the cage. Like so. Which a cool thing about that, I don't know if you like how much you got into like the filming of it, but those sh- those scenes with like the Hooper when he's in the yeah. cage, half of that was shot with a, a little person and oh, a real shark. Oh, interesting! Off the coast of Australia. Oh, no, I did not know this. Yeah, cool, and cool. like so, there is sh- shots in the movie of a real shark, and like the other shots are obviously an animatronic shark, but they just needed something to scale. And, like, for the far away shots, like, the shark... Makes me want to go back and yeah. look, yeah. You can tell. There's, like... A, oh, you can You know when it, it gets, yeah. like, caught in the cage? Yeah. And it I looks like it's attacking the cage? Yeah. I'd yeah. have to actually go back and look, though. It really happened. But, um... Yeah, just... Apparently, the whole, like, shooting of the film was, like, a litany of problems. Like, Spielberg thought, like, any day I'm gonna get fired. Oh, yeah. Like, this is probably well, like, my yeah, last The shark film. was, like, kept failing. Yeah, they lost one, fell on the bottom of the ocean they had to go get. The ship that they were all on sunk. I heard that one, yeah. Um, yeah, and it just... They all thought, like, you know what? Maybe this isn't gonna work. But it turned out to be, like, the blockbuster movie that most movies strive to be nowadays it, it essentially in like i don't know if you can say this but it invented summer blockbusters yeah. like it is the reason there's a thing as a summer blockbuster um and i mean it's literally like we just talked about marvel like half those movies marvel they're up may 5th like middle of the beginning of summer right yeah. like, summer is now like the time for big movies and it's because of jaws and um, I'm going to say this. There's a movie we will eventually have an episode about, I'm sure, but Mad Max uh, Fury Road. They call it development hell now, and I think that's kind of a thing where a movie can't get going. I don't really know if it includes like shooting a film. Like I feel like Jaws, it had trouble shooting the mm-hmm. film, but like the fact that all this trouble and like, man, this movie might not be good, we're having all these issues, you end up making such a good film. And I feel like Jaws is, that maybe, again, maybe the OG perfect example of like, oh, we can't show the shark, but then like, Actually, it maybe works better. Yeah. Now we can't show the shark. We're going to build it up. Issues, actually. Not that issues end up being the reason it's good, but just because your issues doesn't mean it's not going to be good, right? Well, because I think the way they originally planned on doing it is even in the first scene, you were going to see the shark attack. Yeah. yeah. 
Chrissy Watkins, yeah. and like Spielberg was kind of like, and then kind of like show it right away. Like yeah, there's you, no reveal. Yeah, you kind of bl- blow your load essentially. Right? <laughs> Whoa, what did I say about PG? No, yeah. kidding. Like um, there's no build up. Like you've seen it already, so it, it would definitely ruin it. There's some other films. I've, I the one I think about on top of head is the one of the newest Godzilla movies. I think the one with Brian Cranston. There's like 15 minutes of Godzilla in the movie, and it's like at that point. Like, why are we here? I want to see Godzilla blow shit up. Mm-hmm. But, like, the shark attack, like, the fact that it's underwater and, like, you can see a fin or you can see, like, the the barrels. Yeah. Right? Like, like Which, then that was also another thing they had to do out of necessity because the shark kept failing. But I feel it works, right? Like, 100%. And, and, and maybe it's because of water. Like, I guess Godzilla could be in water, too. <laughs> I just feel like the water helps in that. Like, anything can be... Like, that's why there's that fear of what's down yeah. there, I guess. I well, think, or the, uh, the scene with those two guys when they're, like, throw the ham out into the water and it's just... The dock gets ripped off. Yeah. And then the you dock, see the yeah, dock yeah, turn yeah, around yeah. and start to come towards them. Like, it's just wood. But, like, you just know that there's something there pulling the wood towards the guy. Yeah. And so that scene just has so much tension. And, like, the fact that you can build so much tension and fear with, like, literally almost nothing on screen. Like I thought that guy was going to die. Oh, for sure. <laughs> But then, like, yeah, Spielberg, man, again, just crushes it. So, um, actually, sorry. on that note, oh, can I go? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I actually thought um, there was a couple shots that stood out. And again, like, we can talk about Spielberg all day. He's obviously a good director. I won't stay on that too much. But there was particular shots I just think were such good, just well-done shots. There was a, they have this thing called in film called The Magic Hour, and it's essentially like Sunset. It's so like an hour before sunset to when the sun sets. And that whole beginning scene was like, they're like, like at night. I guess it's sunrise in that sense. Mm. It looks like it's kind of yeah. in the morning. But um, just like it looks so good. The beginning of the movie, like the first. And it's mainly the guy on the beach. I find when she goes in the water, it gets darker. And maybe there's a reason because she's going to die or whatever. But I just thought it looked really well done. Uh, and then I really like the shot when he got onto the ferry. I don't know. I have to go back and watch how they do, but I feel like the camera goes and then like it gets on the ferry and then like the car drives up and it's like the mayor and his mm. posse get out of the cars when they're like, oh, that wasn't a shark attack. Uh, and then like the ferry starts moving. I just thought that was a really cool shot. It actually like it stood out as being like, oh, damn, that's good. Yeah, I was watching like the documentary on like the making of and like, you know, the scene where it's like Brody's on the beach and it's like he keeps kind of seeing things that are like, it could be the shark. The kids are screaming. And yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's you don't even notice it when you're watching until it's pointed out. But um, people on the beach walk by and it wipes away the screen. So it'll be like a shot of Brody and then somebody will walk by and it'll show what he's looking at. And then it'll, somebody else will walk by that and it goes back to Brody. Okay. So it kind of establishes that like this is Brody. This is what he's seeing. Uh, and instead of having it like a continuous shot, like, yeah. you can see and it get, goes closer to his face like each time. I noticed time. that, yeah. Yeah, that was one of my favorite shots, or just, uh, I don't even know what it's called when it pulls back. When, oh, like, the vertigo effect. Yeah. I think, I think because in the movie for Vertigo by Albert Hitchcock, I think he was, Hitchcock was the first one to do that. And you essentially zoom in while you move the camera yeah. back. That uh, that scene when he realizes, yeah, that's, like, the That's what actually here. happens, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, man, like, again, this guy, he has great... He knows how to make a movie. Uh, I really like the intro for Quint. So essentially, they're in like a town meeting. I think the second person died. I think it's when the boy dies. Yeah. Everyone's freaking out. They can admit that like they all saw the shark or whatever. Um, they're having a crazy big town meeting, and they're like, "Oh, we got to." The girl, the mom, like puts out a a reward for the shark. So they're talking about people coming, and it's gonna get crazy out there, and like the whole town hall. And then he just. It's like a classic scene, like the nail scratching on the chalkboard, and then 
he's just sitting there like I don't know how long the monologue is but like a funny little monologue just about he's like I'll find it for three three thousand but I'm gonna kill it for ten and I don't know I just thought like it was you know like just a good way to introduce this crazy character yeah and he kind of foreshad like you kind of see his death scene on the chalkboard behind him because it's a man being eaten by a shark spoiler Quint dies <laughs> which uh, and like um, I guess in the book in the, in the book does he die by a spear. Yeah, it's a different... So, yeah. the, the shark just... So, at the end of the movie... So, halfway through the movie, I'd say pretty much halfway, the three guys decide we're going to go hunt the shark. So, Hooper, Quint, and Brody... I think a couple more people die at this point. I don't know, but they go out on the boat, and they go hunt the shark. And then the... We kind of said, but the end of the movie ends up being the three of them on the boat. And there's some a lot of good scenes. They're just, like, them chilling for a part of it, because there's just three guys on a boat, and they're hunting the shark for a lot of it. Um, and then, yeah, Quint and, ends up being eaten yeah, by the shark. It's, it's like almost like an Ahab moment. Because there's like this part where Brody's about to like radio in Very for fitting help. metaphor, really. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Brody's right, going to radio right, in for yeah. help. And Quint is so obsessed with killing the shark because this is what he does. And he has to prove that like he can kill the shark, that he breaks the radio. And he's kind of like, no, like we're killing this fucking shark. I have to kill this thing. And it ends up being his hubris that kills yep. him yep. because eventually he realizes, okay, we're kind of fucked here. Our boat's sinking. So they try to make it back. Oh, and he's revving the, the car, yeah, like yep. the boat way too hard, and then they end up getting stranded. He ends up getting eaten by a shark. Um, but as far as like the movie goes, that movie wouldn't be the movie without the score. John Williams again. You're right. Just that simple, like doom dum, dum 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 dum, and the way it's sped up for certain scenes when they like when something's coming up fast like when the barrels are coming in, it's going faster or it's going slower when it's like a creepy moment like it wouldn't have been the same without that music and another thing i learned from the documentary is that score is only ever in the movie when the shark is there Mm, so when there's like that's his theme yeah when there's those kids who are like fucking around with the fins Oh, that's not the song. It's not playing because oh, the shark's not really yeah, there. I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. I watched only some of this document or the behind the scenes stuff. So early yeah, the documentary stuff. Um, I do like that, and it's funny. It's I almost find it's a bit of a chicken and egg. Like, is John Williams really good, or is Spielberg really good, <laughs> yeah. or are they both really good? Or are they just is are they? Yeah, maybe it's just a perfect. You know, like, you know, like two people find each other and just work so well yeah. together, or whatever, or they're just good luck and they just found each other. Um, the one thing I I just want to say about the mayor, we talked about him a little bit. He kind of represents almost like the human antagonist a little bit. I feel like until they have that moment in the pond or whatever, and then I think it's like he's like my son was there too, and there's that scene where the mayor's kind of broken, mm-hmm. and like the mayor's not, he's almost like not even listening. I yeah. feel to Brady or to Brody. Um, I just it kind of comments on that whole like people are shitty too thing, which like obviously the shark is the villain of this film, but then like yeah, sometimes people also suck. It's also like the idea of putting money before people's safety because that's his whole thing is he wants to keep the town perfect it's july 4th yeah we need to make money here like we can't be calling shark and he even says it in the movie he's like you're the one who calls shark." yeah yeah, you you call you say barracuda people look around they say huh what you say shark you have a a full-blown panic which is like we were (laughs) um because obviously like i've mentioned here a couple times like i have like a not a crippling fear of the ocean. I, I'm not. I'm never comfortable in the ocean. Thalassophobia. <laughs> sure. Uh, there's an actual word for like fear. Oh, of I'm the sure ocean there is. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we were in Mexico, and we we're just doing like some <clears throat> snorkeling. Yeah. And so like story. M- our guide or whatever 
diver chick she's like telling us like the different hand signals like hey this means stop this means turtle and she's like this means shark and as soon as she said that i was like what <laughs> like there's a there's even like why a, is there a symbol yeah, for shark yeah there shouldn't be why are you taking me in water with shark so like that was the first time i went to mexico never nothing ever happened so um second time i went down, i went down with my family my uncle uh, sorry um, we weren't snorkeling. It was like me, my, my family and then my uncle came along and we were snorkeling. I was kind of telling him the story beforehand, <laughs> which if you know who my uncle is, it's like a terrible <laughs> thing to do. So we were snorkeling and I'm just going along. Everything's fine. And I'm looking at fishes and then I feel something grab my leg and pull me. And in that moment I was like, this like, is it. it? Yeah. This is how I go. Killed by my greatest fear. <laughs> and I turn around. It's just my uncle just laughing in, in, in my face. So yeah, the I, whole idea of sharks and this movie is just, it's just such a primal fear, I think, is why it resonates so hard, because being in water is so out of the element of a human being, like, we're not really, we're not made to swim, we learn to swim, so I think that's why it triggers such a, a fear in people, at least for me. Yeah, and like, again, it's not, it's a possibility, it's not that there's not sharks in the ocean, so like, yeah, and they even say like this movie, like, the shark's not always there, it's like, it's a, it's a rare occurrence, but it could happen. Well, and like, just because of my fear, I, I've looked up some statistics, and yeah. you're more likely to be crushed by a vending machine to be attacked, than attacked by a shark, and you're more likely to be bit by a New Yorker than you are a shark. Thank God I live in Canada. <laughs> yeah, I know. Thank God I'm nowhere near New Yorkers or, or sharks. Or the ocean, <laughs> yeah. Um, so the last thing I kind of have is just, like, how good of a hero, uh, Brody is. I feel like, again, I kind of said he's a bit of, uh, Alan Grant, and, like, he doesn't really fuck up a lot. He has, like, that one moment where they have, like, the rope, and he kind of traps Hooper, or, like... Yeah. And, like, he obviously doesn't like the water, so he, like, he's bad at tying the boat knots, that's a little thing, and, um... But I think, as, like, a hero, he works. He, he goes from this guy of being, like, scared of the ocean, he doesn't, like, he's just trying to, like... This day-to-day life before the shark attack happens looks like he's just a random small-town sheriff kind of thing. And then this stuff happens. He takes the charge. He tries to do the right thing. He does do the right thing until he can't with the mayor and stuff. Uh, and then he, like, straight up goes to the ocean, helps kill the shark, and then saves the day. And, like, really his last little line, like, the last line he says at the right end of the movie is, you know, I used to hate the water. <laughs> and, like... He doesn't even hate the water anymore. Yeah. He almost likes water now. Like, and I haven't. I know you've seen Jaws too. I haven't watched it. He is. He does return for it. Don't um, watch it. I'm not it's gonna not watch it. Watching. I'm just gonna leave it at Jaws one. But I think that was a great way for me to end this character arc of like. I, don't, I used to hate the water. Yeah. Well, what's interesting too about like all the characters is because they're all like complex characters, and like you don't have to go into all their backstories to like enjoy them but like there's certain things like the scene when they're all getting drunk and it's like quint and hooper like showing each other their scars, the scars kind of bonding yeah. and then there's this moment where brody lifts up his shirt and he, it doesn't it, there's a scar there and he puts his shirt back yeah. so obviously something happened to him that he feels he doesn't want to share with them at that moment in time but something happened to brody yeah, i noticed that and like there's the scene before that when he's drunk on the boat with hooper when they're first going out and he's kind of talking about how New York is so crime-ridden, and, like, that's why they left right. to go to the island, and you can't even walk your kids to school and, like, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, did, like, oh, something, something happen to him, oh, and maybe yeah. that's maybe why that's he why left, left New York? Oh, interesting. Yeah, good call. Maybe good call. he got stabbed, yeah. maybe he got shot, and he just... Who knows? Yeah, maybe Lost he fucked up. Maybe he got drunk and did something. You never know. Mm. And it's, like, all this stuff is in the movie, but it's never talked yeah, about. Yeah, you're right. Like, and it doesn't matter. No. 
I even said it's like, oh he's a great hero, but he could be like actually a shitty. Yeah, he shitty could have accidentally shot somebody but and then bailed. His, yeah, his arc and well, he seems like a good family guy, yeah. like a good family yeah. man. But he's probably he's probably a good dude. He seems, <laughs> he seems like a pretty good hero. But yeah, yeah. Uh, but you're right. Yeah, yeah, and um, I don't know. Should we just get into the favorite scenes? Yeah. Or do you so, got anything more to talk? No, about? No, I don't. So yeah, um, I'll just do my favorite scene. It's a little bit of an easier, lighter scene. Uh, it's essentially they're on the boat, and I think it's the first moment while the three of them are on the boat that they see the shark it's it's a crazy scene because like the shark shows up and he starts like circling the boat or like comes back and forth and then the phone starts ringing and it's uh brody's wife and then but then quint picks it up and then hooper's trying to take a picture of the shark so he's trying to get brody to go stand at the boat so he can get like his for scale but then brody's freaking out because he doesn't want to be near the water or near the shark but there's a shark circling the boat and it's just like I realized I wrote down like four things. Like there's four different things, like four different people or including the shark. So like four human, four beings and they're all doing something different and they're all just crazy and ridiculous. And like, uh, Quint's on the phone talking to the wife, like, no, we're just chilling. Like we're just fishing. Okay. I'll tell him to call you later. Okay. Bye. But there's a shark attacking them at the time. And, and then like, Hooper's trying to take a picture. I was just like, I found this movie funny in parts and I found that part. I was actually laughing so hard. So it was great. That was, uh, I just, again, in a movie about people dying from shark attacks and a suspenseful film, and it was a nice light moment that I was laughing at. So. Yeah, and it's like, the big, the reveal of the monster, which like should be like one of the scariest points in the film, but, but it's, it's like, hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> and again, like, hilarious to go put it, like, I was just, I found it funny, I don't know. And, yeah, and the dialogue, like, like the way Hooper and, like, well, and then, Brody yeah, are going back yeah, and forth. Yeah, that was probably the other. funniest, is, who, is, is Hooper and Brody, and he's like, he's like, go out there, he's like, don't go further, and then he's like, Hooper's like, that's our baby, like, get in here, like, I don't know, it's just, it was, I was laughing, and then uh, I really did like the scene you are about to talk about, too. Yeah, it's, it's definitely the most famous scene of the film, it's probably a cop-out to pick this one, but it, it literally is. There's a reason it's, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's the scene, like, after they're all drinking and they're kind of, like, comparing scars and, like, it's like this nice light moment and they're all happy and then they ask Quint like oh what's that one on your arm and he's like oh I got a tattoo removed and they're like oh well so, like what was it and he's like oh it's the USS Indianapolis and he gets in this whole monologue which it's true it's based on fact I don't know if they embellished it a little bit for the film for the film but it's it was about the sinking of the USS Indianapolis which delivered the bomb to Hiroshima and it's about all these guys being stuck in the water and then slowly being eaten by sharks and the Apparently, on set, like, Robert Shaw was, like, hammered for a lot of it. Apparently, it was, like, very frustrating for Steven Spielberg. And they did, like, five takes trying to get this speech. And then on, like, the seventh one, which is the one in the movie, he just fucking nailed it. And, like, as far as, like, any monologue in any movie goes, like, for me, this one's top tier. It's just the way he tells the story, and it's just so engaging, and just everything about his performance is just great. And it's been... (laughs) <laughs> they did a version of it on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And even Charlie Day, he's doing it as a joke, but like just acting the same way as Robert Shaw does, it still carries the weight because you've seen it in Jaws and it's just this scene where he's just talking about it. All these guys getting ripped apart by like sh- sharks and like what he had to go through. It's just, it's great. Um, it's a heavy scene. It's a, it, what he's talking about is heavy. The situation they're in is heavy. It's just, it's a heavy scene. Yeah. It's, yeah. And it's just acted to perfection after seven takes of drunken rambling. Yeah. And uh, one thing kind of talking about like, 
you know, when you watch a film when you're a kid and it's like, oh, shark attack film, this movie's fun with the sharks or whatever. And then watch this as a grown up. This scene stood like, I don't even know if I remembered this scene from because I, I hadn't watched this film in a long time. Um, and I don't think I even remembered this part because it didn't because oh, the old man's talking again. I don't yeah. really care. But then like it was, yeah, like I said, it was heavy and I would have I almost put it as my favorite scene until I realized that, you know. It's a cop out to put the scene. <laughs> yeah. So I was being here. a little, being a little lazy on that one. <laughs> I like when the shark kills the person. Yeah, and like uh, we had talked about it before, but even the introduction of Quint, like that monologue there. Yeah, it's great. Just everything about his performance and his character, he just nailed it. And uh, unfortunately, I, I haven't seen Robert Shaw in anything else because he was a big actor way before yeah. this. Well, and that's the thing is, this is this movie's in seventy five. Like, it's a long time ago. I don't think I've seen Roy Scheider and everything anything else either. Like I'd have to really go look through his discography. You've seen Richard Dreyfus and right? and I was just gonna say Richard Dreyfus because he was the youngest of the three. Yeah, yeah. Like we have seen him and stuff, but with the things I've seen him in, he's an old man. Yeah. Because like right, this is yeah. How it works. So, um, but again, like this movie from '75, it holds up. This is a good film, and sure, like it, it. You can tell it's in 75. Like, he goes and does his research, and he's reading books. <laughs> he's not on the yeah, internet. he's not Googling shit. But, uh, you know, it. it you we, I, we literally both watched it yesterday, and we both loved it. Yeah. So, on that note, I'm going to rate it, unless you have anything else to really um, say. Yeah, to just two more points. One, uh, just talking about the USS Indianapolis. Apparently, in 2018, Spielberg mentioned doing a prequel film kind of about the sinking of that. And I know I said on the last one I'm not the biggest fan of prequels. I was going to say, yeah. But, like, you don't even have to have, shot, like, a Quint in it. It's almost like it's not a pre- prequel. It's no. just going to be a different movie. It's just, about I, but this. I feel like they already did a movie about that with Nick Cage, so I think they might have. Oh, they actually Yeah. Oh. They might have beat Spielberg to the punch on that one. Or they might have read it and been like, oh, fuck you, Spielberg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to do this first. And literally no one's heard of it, I guess. But, um, yeah, I was going to say Nick Cage. And um, this movie is, like, so good and... People love it so much it's getting a re-release in IMAX uh, here in Canada in September. And I think you and I should go. Yeah, for sure. And they also do, I don't know where, but I've seen it on the internet, you can watch Jaws in the pool. And I'm into it. I'm not into it. <laughs> <laughs> Even if I know it's a pool, I, if somebody fucks around, man. They're like, all right, everyone, when you're in the pool, this is the signal for shark. Like, yeah. wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Like, fuck that. If, if, like, there's, like, a, if I'm in a little square where I know nobody's going to grab me, I still don't think I'd do it. I think I'd just be scared the whole time. So uh, you want to go ahead and rate it? Yeah, so, again, it was a good good movie, a good choice for us. Uh, I don't see a lot of things wrong with it. I'm going to give it nine and a half. I don't, I don't think it's perfect. It's a little old, but nine and a half missing limbs out of ten. And if Ooh. you know me at all, it means something <laughs> that I'm doing that. Uh, I'm gonna go ten bad hats out of ten. You're giving it ten out of ten. 10. Out of ten, like that. It's a bad hats. Bad oh. hats. Yeah. yeah okay. It's a sweet reference. That is a sweet <laughs> reference. I like that part too. What does he say? He's like, "That's one bad hat, Harry." But he says something. No, what Harry says to him, he just like pisses him off or something. Yeah, he says that like, you don't go in the water. <laughs> oh yeah, it's like, I know but you. You I'm don't pretty go sure as a pretty bad hat. Harry. Yeah, that became somebody's production. Oh, bad hat Harry. That's what's his name, Brian Singer. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So there you go. A little fun fact for you. Okay, now is the time we talk about our underrated actor of the episode. So today's guy is William Sadler. Um, again, you probably know this guy. He's in a ton of stuff. He's in a lot of TV shows and movies, actually. Um, 
the biggest thing that I kind of know him from, I'm a Marvel guy, so he's in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Iron Man 3. I think he started out in Iron Man 3, and he's, like, a pretty decent role. He's a president in Iron Man 3. Um, and to be honest, I think he has, like, a president look. Yeah. He's, I mean, just and kind he, of an old white guy, but yeah. <laughs> looks like a good president, Yeah, he, he looks like a, a dude who'd be in a suit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He yeah. looks good in a suit. Yeah, senator or something, yeah, president. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's also, I guess, a lot of people know him from Star Trek, Deep Space Nine. Yeah. I never, I'm not a huge Trekkie, so... Well, Deep Space Nine, Deep Space Nine is the one I know nothing about, so. Yeah. Um, he's also played Death in all the Bill and Ted movies, which... Yeah, and then uh, he's, uh, he's in Die Hard 2. He's, like, one of the villains. Yeah, I'm trying because we always try to figure out who we're gonna pick. And Riley sent me a, a list of a couple of names, and I looked him up and like I, I instantly knew him. But I was like, "What do I know him from?" <laughs> yeah. Like I just, I, and it's like you said, I just know him in a suit. Yeah, something where he's in a suit. Yeah. So it's probably Iron Man. But uh, and again, Die Hard Two. I think he's essentially like the villain of the film, and he's trying to like break out that diplomat or whatever. Yeah, I don't like, remember Die Hard Two. It's like the airplane. Like there, like there's like the terrorist guys coming in on the airplane, and William Sadler is the evil guy who is like organizing getting the terrorist. In. Whatever. Yeah, good. Again, he's a good old white guy, I guess. Yeah. Uh, plays a good villain, and he's a good good guy too. I've seen him in a couple things where he's a good guy. He was uh, great in the Mist as well. I actually, never watched it. Never watched it. I just found out about the ending, and I was like, I don't uh, know. I want to commit to a movie without that ending. Yeah, but, he plays uh, a guy who kind of like starts out as like a character that you like, but he ends up flipping oh, to the other yeah. side. Well, that's kind of what that movie is. Actually. Yeah, so he's really good in that. That's probably what I know him the most from. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's in Shawshank. He's in The Green Mile. Like he's. He's in a lot of stuff. Like, go check him out. Again, you probably know him, at least from that one TV show yeah. you watched that one time. So. You're like, hey, I know that white dude. Yeah. Uh, and then we want to just song of the episode. Um, I'll just go first. Um, my song this week is kind of related to the documentary because I've been listening to Sparks, right. watched the Sparks documentary. So my pick is, uh, it's called Moon Over Kentucky from Sparks' second album. I believe it's called Tweeter yeah. in Wolf's Clothing. I might be fucking that up. Um, yeah, I don't even know what I would put it in. But it's it's like, got this like, because the lead singer has a very falsetto-y voice. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, kind of not operatic. Maybe a little operatic yeah, to yeah, it. I and there's like that. some like, slight epicness to it. And like, when the drum starts kicking in. I don't know. I think it could just be used in like, like, uh, uh, sci-fi is probably just the easiest thing to put in. <laughs> Anything works in yeah. sci-fi. Sci-fi could be the past, the yeah, future. You know? <laughs> but it's definitely epic. It's worth like listening to for sure. It's only like a three-minute like song. Like a celebration in a movie almost kind of thing? Yeah. Or like, or like something epic at the end. But at the end of the song, there's like an organ okay. that hits like maybe three notes. Just a little oh. nice part for you. It's just it, <laughs> it's just great. The last three seconds of the song is like like my favorite. And it's just like a simple... But there's something about it because of the whole buildup of the song it just leads into this. Okay, yeah. I don't know. Highly recommend listening to it. I'm sure I'm going to come up with some more Spark songs. I got yeah, 20 more 20, albums yeah. to listen to. So. Uh, okay, so my song of the episode. This is pretty funny, so I'll bring this up. <laughs> I came to the, David with a song and it's, it's called Walkie Talkie Man by Stereogram. And I was like, what I thought about was like a comedy, probably a bit of action, like a, a good chase scene that was comedic in a sense. And I, I got here and David was like, well, that's got to be in a movie. <laughs> I was like, what? He's like, well, it's just too good to not be. So I Google it. The first scene I think, uh, the first thing I see is uh, Agent Cody Banks 2. <laughs> and it uh, looked like it was a 
funny, good chase scene with the, the song I thought of in it. So that just gets a shout out from me. It's not the song I'm picking because it's already in a movie. Uh, so the song I'm picking today is called, it's got a weird name, but it's called Neuro- Neurochemical Warfare Gas Masquerade. Well, there you go with a title like that. <laughs> we can make a movie about <laughs> yeah. the song. Uh, it's by USS, which is their band name itself is a little funky, but um, it's just kind of a crazy, kind of just like... The band itself is kind of weird. They're just two guys with like one guy has a guitar and the other guy just has is like a DJ and they just kind of make crazy funky music. But um, I kind of see it. Uh, last episode you brought up like the sci-fi movie with that other trailer. Maybe it's a Halo. Maybe it's a crazy. I kind of see this as like the second trailer. It's just a crazy epic. The Starfighter is flying through space, getting yeah. shot at. Not the, sword, te- not the teaser. Not the teaser. This yeah. is the epic trailer. Trailer number two even yeah. where you see the sword fight on the yeah. bridge and just like a crazy kind of just massive epic sci-fi movie yeah yeah so um i think that's it for the episode everybody thanks for listening again we really do appreciate this <laughs> sorry uh, it's so long <laughs> we're gonna try to get these episodes shorter i didn't even watch a whole lot this time so um we just love talking obviously him and i could talk forever about this but we listen we appreciate everybody listening um like i said let us know how it is if you guys have suggestions or things you like or don't like t- let us know we want to make sure everyone's enjoying it yeah, like, share, subscribe, and comment. Isn't that what people are supposed to say for things? Honestly, like, I feel like if you want to actually leave us reviews, that would probably get yeah. us going. So, uh, yeah, obviously a lot of people listening right now are probably our friends, but still, we appreciate you guys listening. And we'll try, to, again, like, I feel like we'll, we'll, get, we'll get it a direction, but I feel like once we start talking about a movie, we just, like... Just go on tangents. Well, we like, both leave notes, and then, like, we're we're done our notes, and we're still talking about the movie. Yeah. Like, it's this is why we made this podcast, is because we talk a lot anyway. So, uh, yeah, we're coming on an hour and a half here. So, like you said, we'll try to keep it a little shorter maybe next time. Or maybe we won't. Yeah. Maybe they're hour and a half every time. But. We're doing two hours next time, <laughs> bitches! Well, we talked about, like, we have so many films to talk about. Like, should we try to cram two into one? Like, I don't know if that's going to work, but we're going to try to do something special someday. So Yeah. Look forward. To, eventually, we'll have... We're, I'll just we have ideas. Yeah. Uh, I won't say anything. I was going to talk No about spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> we, are, we are now spoiler-free. <laughs> just kidding. Okay, everybody. Thanks again. Uh, this is Riley saying goodbye. Yeah. Have a good one there, everybody. Bye.